0: Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from First Orlando.
1: They were making their preparations. It was Passover. That's a celebration of their freedom from Egypt, a commemoration. They had meticulously prepared the upper room. And so upon us was the Last Supper, starting soon. They were tired and worn and dirty. They'd followed him for three years since he was 30. The roads made of dirt and clay were what they had walked on all day. They gather and embrace. And he knew that this was the last time that they would all be together in the same place. They could see it in his face. They were hungry, but before they could eat, look at what he does. He's washing their feet, asks each of them to take a seat. The creator of dirt, kneeling on it to serve. All kinds of thoughts flooded their minds like, this is the Messiah. I should be washing his feet, not him washing mine. Peter, you must be washed clean. Then Lord, wash all of me. Thomas, step by step, you keep trying to figure this out, wrestling with your flesh. Do you believe or do you doubt? He displays the kind of love that you should strive to have with one another. Loves Judas, his betrayer, just as much as James, his brother just as much as he loves his best friend when in the end he tells him son behold your mother one by one he loves them one by one he serves them one by one he shows them and then they gathered around the meal and the traitor was about to be revealed Truly, truly, he says, one of you will betray me. Who is it, they ask, could it be him or him maybe? It's the one to whom I hand this dipped morsel of bread. What you're going to do, do quickly, Jesus said. And Judas fled. After this, the supper occurred. Here it is, word for word. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
2: And today, this is the very table that Jesus invites us to. He invites us to share in the table that he had with his disciples. We call it the Last Supper. Could there there be any more vivid demonstration of his goodness to us than an invitation to sit at this table? And today, we will participate in that. That's part of what we're going to do in our service today is to have the experience of participating in the Lord's Supper. That table is a demonstration of the goodness of God, the extravagant goodness of God. There's another description where God sets a table for someone. It's actually uh, one of the Psalms, a very famous Psalm, Psalm 23. And David writes that Psalm and it's, he tells about Um, the setting that God set for him. And I I want us to look at that passage. I'm going to read it. Um, It's very familiar to us all. But I think in this passage we see some ways that that God demonstrates his extravagant goodness towards us. Psalm 23, verses 5 and 6 says this. This is David speaking to God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today, I want to think about some ways that God expresses his extravagant goodness towards us. These, in that first verse, in verse 5, he talks about God setting a table, similar to the way Jesus set a table for us. God set a table for David, he says. He He set a place for him. There are four different phrases he uses to describe, you know, God's changing from a shepherd who's taking care of sheep, from a host who is welcoming a guest. And both metaphors apply, but the setting of a table, it's as though God is inviting David into the house. God's saying, hey, David, you come and I'm going to set a table before you. You know, that's how you know when you're welcome at somebody's house, isn't it, right? They don't just invite you in. They actually serve you something to eat. They, they set a table before you. I set a table before you. And then it says this, in the presence of my enemies. And we're not sure exactly where this took place, but it was probably one of the occasions when David was being pursued by enemies and, and found food, and he credits God for feeding him. And there are two ways interpreters um, or commentators interpret this passage, and one is that that, that it's inviting, like I said earlier, into the house, and if somebody's invited into the king's house, well, you better not mess with him, because he had dinner with the king, so he's probably prepared and protected and all that. The other is that sometimes they would actually they would actually feast outdoors, so that everybody could see the status that somebody had. You want to really um, know that somebody's in a good standing, bring them to the property, or let the enemy see, but have a big dinner so that everybody can see, I'm with them. And in some ways, that's really what Jesus did on the night that he was betrayed, the night He was his last supper before he was to face crucifixion. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians, our worst enemies, in, in the passage in 1 Corinthians 15, it says corruption and death, and corruption means decay, the decaying of our life and our bodies, and death, in the, in the presence of our enemies, Jesus set a table for us, right in the presence of the enemies, and that's how he defeated it. What a powerful metaphor. He set a table for me in the presence of my enemies, just like Jesus did for us. Whatever it is that your enemy today, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's temptation, Maybe it's a future that's uncertain. Whatever your fear is, whatever whatever your enemy is, Jesus is setting a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And then he uses this phrase, you anoint my head with oil. It was a common thing when you invited somebody in that you would anoint them with oil. It had a medicinal value. It also had a hygiene value. It was a cleansing that they would do. In fact, in John chapter 7, Jesus Is speaking to the host that had welcomed him, who was Simon the Pharisee. And Jesus says to Simon, when I came in, you didn't anoint my head with oil. Alluding to he didn't do the customary greeting, the welcome. There's something that God does for us that David was describing that God did for him. When he comes into the home, he anoints his head with oil. There's a healing that comes with that and a cleansing that comes with that. And then maybe the most beautiful, the summary statement of what David was saying. He says this, my cup overflows. In those days, the tradition was that when you welcomed a guest, one of the first things you would do would be to offer them something to drink. Back in those days, I'm sure it was wine. We're a southern home, so we're gonna use iced tea instead. And the the guest would give his cup And the host would pour into his cup, and he would fill it to overflowing. So as to say, I have more than you can consume. You can't drink all that I have for you. When David says, my cup overflows, he's acknowledging that he cannot exhaust the grace that God has for him. He cannot drink every, all the love, all the mercy, all, all the forgiveness that's available to him. Because God has enough to waste. It overflows. Our cup overflows. When Jesus sets a table... When Jesus sets a table for us, our cup overflows. Today, if you're looking for grace, you've come to the right place. You're looking for peace, you're looking for forgiveness, direction, truth, relationship, love. What are you looking for today? Jesus says, I have more than enough for you. And we experience the extravagant goodness of God in the way that he sets a table for us. Another way that we experience the extravagant goodness of God is this this phrase that it uses in in in, in verse six. He says, in verse six it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That term follow can also be translated um, to pursue or to chase. And so the idea is that, that God is pursuing us, God is chasing us, God is coming after us, and his goodness is following us. Most of us are in a world and a society where it seems like we've got to chase everything. We've got to, we've got to chase the right job, and we've got to chase the right relationship, and we've got to chase after happiness, and we've got to chase after fulfillment, and we've got to chase after money, and we've got to chase after the right house, and the right school, and the right neighborhood, and the right marriage and the right every everything we got to chase after. And in the midst of all of that struggle God is saying to us, my goodness is so great that I chase after you. I'm running after you with goodness. If there's ever good news for us, isn't that good news that God is running after us with his goodness, chasing us with his goodness. <laughs> this term the next phrase, it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That term dwell also has the meaning of restoring or returning. So it kind of sounds to me like David is saying that God's goodness and mercy are following after me so, so closely and, and so often and so consistently that all I got to do is turn and he's there and I'm right back where I need to be. Today, it doesn't matter how far you've wandered or how long you've been running from God. He pursues us so consistently and so closely that all it takes is one turnaround and you're right there with Him because He's pursuing us. He's chasing us with His goodness. And can I tell you that most of the time, He uses us to pursue the people around us with His goodness. He uses those of us who have experienced his goodness to chase others, to pursue others with his goodness. So I wonder who it is in your world. Is it a family member? Maybe your own children or parents or siblings? Distant family maybe? Is it a neighbor? Somebody at school or at work? person who works across the hall or the office next door? Maybe some friend in a a group that you're with, somebody you know who's maybe not had a significant faith relationship or maybe they've taken small steps but they need to take further steps in their journey with Jesus. Would you know that it's it's us that God uses to pursue the people around us I know in my own journey, it's been people in my life. When I'm, when I'm needing to take spiritual steps, it's people in my life that speak into me and help me to take the steps. It's, it's God pursuing me through the input and interactions with other people. And he wants to use us to pursue the people around us. A couple months ago after church one weekend, I was down here and a gentleman came up to me. His name is Chris. He introduced himself, and he said, man, I just got to tell you, this church has been such a blessing to me, and I'm growing spiritually, uh, learning new things about my relationship with Jesus, and and I just want to say thank you for the church, and thank you for the services, and and I'm just so full, I wanted to tell somebody, and I, I rejoiced with him, and come to find out, Chris had um, deepened his relationship with Jesus through an experience that he had about a year ago when we invited many of you, or invited all of you, and many of you took us up on it and on having a group where you gathered people around you, <clears throat> excuse me, just to talk about some of the messages that we were doing and, and to see if, if there was a way that you could help people to take a spiritual step. And there was a couple in our church, Steve and Ingrid, who were in the same neighborhood with Chris, And they invited Chris into their home and through that experience they invited Chris to a table and through that experience he has gotten to experience the goodness of God because he uses, God uses us to pursue others. And so I want to invite you. Don't you want to be one that helps take the goodness of God to somebody? That helps somebody explore what it's like to have a seat at the table? To experience the the cup that overflows, can you imagine what it feels like to be the one that helps somebody experience that? Today we get to celebrate it. We're going to celebrate this table that Jesus has set for us today. But just think about the joy that it would be if we could help introduce somebody else to this table as well. I don't want to embarrass her, I hope I don't, or him, but it's it's, it's less difficult than you think and today I don't know all of the story but we have a member of our church named Wendy who works with best buddies and she brought her best buddies friend to church with her today his name I think is Bill is that right Will I'm sorry sorry Will and I'm so glad that you guys are here today that's doing exactly what we talked about today Wendy thank you for doing that that's awesome
0: God is so good, He's so good. I just, I want to get out and kiss this spot, but it'd take me 20 minutes to get up. I'm just going to stand and tell you, we have a good God who blesses us every day. This morning, He gave you life, He put breath in your lungs. He caused your heart to beat. And by the way, don't ever take that for granted. Give him thanks every day for the goodness of God. You can take a seat. Let me tell you how good God is. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yeah, though I may have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to be afraid of evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And he prepares a table in the presence of of the things we fear most, the things we struggle with the most in the presence of our enemies. And He anoints our head with oil. As a picture of the blessing of God, as a picture that we belong to Him. No, we don't deserve to be here, but we belong here. And He has anointed us. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will chase after me all the days of my life. And guess what? It'll chase you all the way to the emergency room at Dr. Phillips Hospital. It'll chase you in an ambulance. It'll run after you in a trauma unit. It'll run after you when you get rolled into the operating room. And when you wake up, God is still good and his mercy and his goodness and so today we declare that and we celebrate the table and there's no better evidence of the goodness and mercy of God pursuing us than what Jesus did for us on the cross while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and the reality of that just came so clear to me For some reason, I just kept saying a part of this verse over and over and over as I walked through all of these health issues. And the part I kept saying over is, by his stripes I'm healed. By his wounds I am healed. That comes out of Isaiah some 700 years before Christ ever walked on the earth. But God, through Isaiah, prophesied that one day there's one coming who would heal us, who would save us. And Isaiah 53 says this, but he was pierced by our transgressions. Hmm. He was crushed for my iniquity and your iniquity. He was crushed. And the chastisement that brought us peace, it was on him. And then the part that just so became my cry, and with his wounds, We are healed. What does that mean with his wounds? Through his death, through the cross. What does it mean to be healed? Is it just that our soul is saved? It means that for sure. But I think it means every type of healing, emotional, physical, relational, spiritual. Listen, every good thing comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate it. That's why he gave us this moment to remember it. Because if he would not withhold his own body and his own suffering from us, then how in the world would he withhold anything? No, with Jesus, we have everything. And through the cross, we have healing. And I can tell you, there have been many times, even, even this morning, singing. I would reach up, and I do this all the time anyway, just because, I don't know, feel like I'm touching my heart and the center of my being. But now, when I do this, I feel a scar that runs about right here. And when I touch it, I remember, not by this wound, but by His wounds, I have been healed. And I will forever say thank you. I will forever praise Him. I will forever Be amazed. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And he took a cup. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. But he said that after he broke it. And he blessed it he took the cup and he said this is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you and so as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup remember me it's the one thing he tells us never, never never forget why is that? Because that is the most beautiful expression of goodness and mercy. That a man would take our place who knew no sin, but he was crushed for our iniquities, not his. The chastisement was upon him that now brings us peace. And through his stripes, his wounds, we can be healed. May we ever forever proclaim it. And never forget it. So today, we come together to remember. And I wanted the first thing that I got to do with you would be this moment. To break bread and to hold the cup and to celebrate Jesus. Because I believe it is among the body of Christ. I believe it is with those not only in this room, but those that are with us in our online community, and no matter what your environment is right now, I hope you have something that you can enjoy this moment with us, Uh, something that could represent bread, um, something, uh, a juice, or something you could drink, and I'll just leave that up to you. I just want you to be a part, because let me tell you, Rachel and I, many weekends we were there with you. We were a part of the online community, and it is such a beautiful thing. Can I thank you for being a part? Can I thank you for streaming this today? Wherever you are, you're at home, you're in a motel room, I don't know, out on the lake, or you're over at the beach. Thank you for being a part. And so together today with you and with those in this room, we get to celebrate this moment. It was my dream. In fact, I, I would... <laughs> oftentimes in a hospital room, but even when I got home, I thought, man, that's the first thing I want to do when I come back, is I want to break bread with you, people I love, and most importantly, to celebrate a Savior that I love, and today we get to do that. Now, I I wish we could do it a normal way, but because of COVID, because we want to be very careful, uh, we're going to use these cups, and if you if you came in today, you probably passed a table that had one. I hope you picked one up. Uh, if you didn't, there's opportunity for you to do that now. We have tables up here, and we have some uh, in the back, and we've we got folks that uh, can direct you there. We we don't want to bring them to you because we want to be very careful, but we invite you to come. This is for those who know that Jesus has saved you, Jesus has healed you, and made you whole. And so we invite you to participate with us. I'll be honest, this is, um, I've always kind of laughed when I thought of doing it this way. I always looked at it as Lunchables or or, uh, maybe a Happy Meal, you know, instead of McDonald's Happy Meal. Hey, your Baptist church has a Happy Meal for you. But let me tell you what happened to me. One night, early morning, I really can't remember the timeline while I was in the hospital because it I lost a lot of time, and um, Rachel wasn't there because of COVID. She could only be there during the day, but in walks the doctor. I knew him. He's one of our doctors. He's a member of this church. He and his wife and daughter are faithful as they can be, and he walks in. He's got his lab coat on and white coat, and he's got the stethoscope. And He said, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay and, and he looks at me and the next thing he did I would not have guessed in a thousand guesses this is a doctor okay he pulls out one of these and he says pastor could I break bread with you could I share the Lord's Supper with you Let me tell you, that's the best prescription I've ever been given by a doctor. I said, yes, you can. I would be honored. And we used this, and we remembered Jesus. What a moment it was for me. So it's not about the cup versus a platter or versus whatever. No. It's what you do with it. And What we're going to do with it today is remember the one who by his stripes, by his wounds, we can be healed. We can be made whole. We can be saved. So let's honor him. You'll take that cup and you'll notice there's a tab that you pull back and there's the bread or wafer representing the bread. And then there's another tab you pull back that has the juice. Before we... Eat the bread, drink the cup. Remember, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat this bread, remember me. He took the cup after the supper, and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. As often as you drink this cup, remember me. So today, it's my honor to join you as we remember Jesus. Now eat the bread and drink the cup. I don't know the feelings, the emotions that run through you at this moment. I can just tell you, for me, there's a sense of being overwhelmed. There's a sense of gratitude that is so deep. What do you do? How do you respond to what he did for us? Well I think you can start by praising his name. You can start by just telling him, Jesus, thank you. Another great way to do it is through saying, Jesus, thank you. You're my Lord. I'm not ashamed to declare your faith in him, to declare you will follow him. That's what baptism is all about. And guess what? We're going to sing. We're going to praise his name. And then we're going to join those that are outside at this very moment as they make their confession of faith. And you think about it, baptism and the Lord's Supper, the two things, the body of Christ through the ages have enjoyed together. And today, we get to enjoy that. So, we'll start with a song, and then we'll watch as those make their confession of faith in Jesus. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to help me celebrate the one who gave his life and by his wounds we can be made whole. Oh, praise the name. Let's praise it. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at FirstOrlando.com. Have a great week.